Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Jim Dodson. Uh, Real quick, don't forget about our friends down at... uh, smoky bones on the east coast there if you're on the east coast listening to this rib feast 1999 um i read i did this what we call live read i did this the other day on uh my barbecue show jim and my co-host leanne whip had piped up and she goes 1999 she goes i can't even buy a half a rack of ribs down here in florida for 1999 <laughs> You got to make, I don't wonder what's wrong with those ribs. If they're, yeah. They're, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I can't wait. I'm heading there right after that. There you go. Um, I would. Anyway, <clears throat> how has live golf aside? Cause I, that's to mm-hmm. me, that's kind of an anomaly, right, but right, right. how has, uh, since you've started covering golf, you know, two weeks ago, what, mm-hmm. um, what's changed about it and i'm I'm talking about pro and then we'll talk about amateur but i want to talk about pro golf first what has changed about it that you well the, sitting outside the ropes see well I, I let's go inside the ropes for a second okay the most obvious thing so i started covering the tour regularly men's and women in about 1985 in fact the first story i did was a profile of a young guy from north carolina who dropped out of unc named davis love jr third uh, that you had access as reporters, you had access to, uh, you know, as a writer, yeah. in one of the magazines and even the, the lesser known golf publications, you had access to these guys. I remember spending days with Freddie couples and, and Mark Kalkovecchia. And, uh, uh, I mean, I just, I probably did profiles of 15 or 20 over those years. And I got to, I'd go and spend two or three days with him and go to restaurants and see, you know, Freddie took me to see, and I went to see his wife's pony, polo ponies. And, you know, uh, I introduced him to David Clayton Thomas. He had no idea who David Clayton Thomas was, you know, the blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was fun. And, and you got to really know this human being. Well, increasingly as the, it was really kind of after the war of the shore, um, golf became you, you know, you had usually one agent who you would call and they would, if they liked your publication or you, they would set it up and you could go and meet, spend two or three days with these people and follow them at a tour if you wanted to. Uh, so it was a much calmer place now. Uh, and I watched it. Honestly, why I switched was I told George Pepper at Golf Magazine, I just said it, it's becoming, they're adding entourages now. This is now by 90 93, 94. And I said, I, I just don't want to write about, you can't get to the players anymore. Tiger changed that, by the way, when he came in, you had, 
you had reams of PR people and you had, you know, uh, it, it was more like Hollywood. It was trying to right. get near the star. And so I admire somebody like Ron Green Jr. who's just stayed in there and covers the tour. And, and, and you know, um, um, it's, it, that really changed. And so today you really don't get a view of the, the player. You don't see the humanness of them. And they live in kind of a bubble like Tiger did. And, and I think some of the, um, so the writing that you see about players, you don't see a lot of writing about these real players and you don't see much like, uh, you know, uh, the, the book on Phil, um, you have to go by what's public record. You're not going to get a lot of direct insights from these people. Right. Um, I think that's really unfortunate. Uh, part of the, the, the wonderful thing about the PGA tour in its early days, even though it didn't, didn't was not a gen, great generator of wealth at that point from Arnold Hogan's day and Snead's post-war to Arnold. Uh, you traveled by car. You got to know the fans. Byron Nelson used to go five days ahead of wherever the tour was coming and would go on every radio station and have luncheons with the civitans and meet the families. You know, that those days are, I mean, they're just ancient history now for the tour. So it had that, that, that respect, the player stuff has changed a lot. I think the the fan experience, uh, obviously, I've watched my own GGO go from to become it became the the it, it morphed into the uh, the Kmart Open, and then it became the Chrysler, uh, and then it finally became the Wyndham. It's the same tournament, same town, the Triad here, Greensboro, Winston High, uh, High Point, Winston Salem, uh, and it's very well beloved. People and uh, they have made their mark. This is the last of the regular season and they uh, the FedEx stuff. And so they have, they have made theirs family focused. It's entirely family. Right. You know, so uh, <clears throat> that's one of the changes. I think each tournament now strives to have something unique and it, it, they're starting to really cater to fans in a way, food, drink, uh, easy, you know, so I think that's that's pretty good. But I got to tell you, the gold standard, I saw it. I'd been to three British Opens in my life, but never one at St. Andrews. Uh, now it was 150th. But still, that was the gold standard of how to treat fans. I've never seen more polite people. Um, I, love, I love the USGA, but I always wonder why they don't give away the shirts to their marshals and people that are volunteers. The, the, the RNA does. And, and they, they were so polite and people just, it was so relaxed. That was just wonderful. And then of course, you know, they let the fans come out and follow the, right. The players in, you know, which is just beautiful. That's a throwback. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, your comments about not being able to get access to the players, I will say players uh, female players on the LPGA tour are much more accessible. Totally than, agree. You know, I mean, you can just walk right up to them and start talking to them and they're uh, fine. The happiest I finished my run as a writing about the tours on the women's tour. And I got to know Meg Mallon and Betsy King and Akimoto. And I mean, I got, I could go down the list. They were fabulous. I had evenings with them and dinners and they were wonderful. And as I've always told people, if you really want to know how to improve your golf game, don't watch don't watch the guys. They're they're hitting at 350 yards. Uh, watch the women. It's form and they're beautiful. They they are the picture book of how to hit, hit a swing. So the the women's tour was just I love going to LPGA events as a as a as a yeah. fan. I think it's just so much fun. It's so relaxed. Um, you know, and uh you know, I think I think golf uh, 
I don't know if the, the to keep bringing it back to the live, but it, but the live is planning to make it a more uh, that I understand they're bringing video games for kids to play and stuff. And why do you why are you doing that? I mean, I don't understand. And I, and I think it's kind of denigrating all people who've been fans of this game since they were children to say, well, um, you know, to say uh, I'm I'm. Uh, it's it, you're, it's for old guys, you know. They're they're, they're right. they keep running up the number sixty four year old people, and that's who's going to going to tournaments and stuff. Well, I didn't see that today. I was at the Wyndham, and it's the Monday, which is kind of a quiet day. But there were tons of families, fathers with their little sons carrying them along, walking hand in hand, and buying them a hat and stuff. You know, it was just it was just very very cool to watch all that stuff. You know, no, it's it's very it's very cool to do that, and I do like the fact, like we said earlier, they are, um, you know, the LPGA has come a long ways. They've got fan experiences and stuff. The one here in Portland, it's uh, yeah, I think it's the oldest ongoing lpga tournament it's this year is their 72nd year yeah. uh coming up yeah. here shortly wow. um and you have a fan experience as you come into the property absolutely and do that but then once you get to the you know the first tee or the 10th tee or wherever people kind of congregate at first uh there's things going on around but they're they're subtle more so than lighting yeah. off firecrackers and yeah. you know yeah. cracking buds them down people's throats yeah yeah that's always a real interesting dynamic let me tell you what the different the real interesting thing i think is in in amateur golf uh i wrote up just finished a book uh, on the walker cup that was at seminole uh i'm their historian and i wrote uh, they asked me to do a book on it and it was a wonderful event the british were the 35th ranked in team in the world the americans were the first rank and they took it to the last putt literally on the final day and so uh but amateur golf you know really died uh, for a couple of reasons when Arnold it was in Harvey Ward and those guys were coming up. Uh, and so in about 1954, there was a big scandal of, of, and, uh, and a lot of amateurs turned pro. And one of those was Arnold Palmer and, and, uh, you know, Ken Venturi and a lot of these wonderful, great players, it changed the whole nature of sport. And of course, Arnold almost did it single-handedly with it when they went and he became, he looked wonderful in color and suddenly television was covering it. So the amateur game more or less died. Um, and yet I think there's a re- re- kind of a renaissance going on in, in, in amateur golf now. The Walker Cup drew huge galleries. Uh, and I think it's so much fun because a lot of those kids in the British teams are in American colleges at Wake Forest and, and, yeah. and Oklahoma State and stuff. So they love America. And, they, and some of, a lot of them are now playing on the PGA Tour. Uh, the kid in, who won uh, the U.S. Open was, was just two, four, three years ago was on a Walker Cup team. Yeah, you know, so his, I watched his brother I, in this one. So I think amateur golf could have a real renaissance because they're playing for the love of the game. They're not playing for a Maserati and, and Greg, Greg Norman's a Greg Norman girlfriend lookalike. You know, they're not yeah. playing. Um, yeah, I uh, I see that here. Actually, I live very close to a course. It's the Oregon Golf Association yeah. uh, home course. Yeah. And um, they have a lot of amateur tournaments here and so on and so forth. And they have their own cups and different flights and divisions and, right. you know, go on forever. Point is, the last couple of years, uh, I think COVID had a little bit to do with this because oh, yeah. g- golf was one thing you could do here, sure. you know. Uh, sure. But that did not fade away 
that's that is stayed and it is continually grown. You can't right. drive by those golf courses and not see them full. Oh, I know. And it, that's one one of the blessings of COVID. It drove people outside and a yeah. lot of people picked up the game and a lot won't leave it. Now, there'll be people that said, oh, God, it's too hard, too expensive. I mean, when I just looked at a driver yesterday, a Callaway driver was six hundred dollars, uh, you know, uh, but but they will. They'll, I would guess a lot of those people will stay in the game yeah. because it is there is no more fun game to play with friends and and family and or just by yourself it's one of the few games you can actually play by yourself and enjoy it you know? do i need to call dame wendy and get her to spring for that driver for you yeah well i just bought an old man driver that i didn't like i took it to scotland and it did not treat me well so i attempted to leave it funnily enough last little detail in scotland did you read that there were four thousand unclaimed golf bags that got stuck at the edinburgh and heathrow airports yes there was i saw a, the picture it would look like a funeral pyre. Yeah. My my son-in-law to be his one was his bag. And he had all these, these wonderful things he bought in St. Andrews. His, his bag bag. He has one of those Apple tags you put in your bag and he is, he's, he's tracked it to Dublin. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's made it to Dublin and he hopes to get it. And he lives in LA. So he's hoping to get it back soon. So. I had a, I had something kind of similar. It wasn't with a golf bag, but back when I used to run around the world, judging horse shows, yeah. I got to Estes park, Colorado in July. It was their 4th of July show and it was snowing. Uh, and it, folks, if you haven't been to Estes park, it's way up in the Hills. Okay. Yeah. Out of Denver. So I get there and I had my bags or so I thought, and I opened them up and it, it was a sample bag of um, Victoria's Secret <laughs> lingerie. <laughs> well, that that started a rumor mill about you. Jeff. It did. It yeah. did. And uh, I the next morning I went to work uh, <laughs> to do the show. I had no coat. I, yeah. I, I, you Your know, underwear was outstanding. Right? My underwear was outstanding. <laughs> and, and so they gave me a sweatshirt, which was about two sizes too small. So I'm standing out there like this. So we had our first break. And one of the ladies that was kind of helping me, my assistant, she drove me downtown and I bought a couple new pairs of jeans and a coat and a couple shirts. And, and because in Estes park, the next day it was 95 degrees. Wow. You know, you know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you're in the Rockies yeah. for God's right. sakes. It's right. going to happen. Right. So anyway, yeah. Um, I did, I did get the, uh, the uh, Victoria's secret stuff sent back to the person on the, on the luggage tag, but it, the bag looked exactly like mine and I did not bother to read the tag. I just grabbed it. So are you on their mailing list though for your bride? Uh, no, I can't say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't admit to it anyway, sure. Jim, but I probably was. Um, so for somebody who writes about golf and golf history and all that, how much do you actually get to play anymore? Well, that's a painful question. I played yesterday and I, I that was a judge of what, it, it, of course, now it was 95 degrees when we went out and played and that I am a terrible hot weather. I think it's, golfer I, I think it's because i lived from in you know in northern new england for all those years right um you know i'm a nine handicap i was once a two i moved to pinehurst my my score my, my game kind of fell apart because i didn't play i mean one of the things i did not have in southern pines and pinehurst crazy enough the home of golf in america i didn't have golf buddies 
so I didn't have any, you know, Wendy and I'd go out and play and every now and then every group that ever came to town wanted me to talk and sign books and play golf with them. But that was, I got, so that was really kind of, I was very self-conscious about that because they would sure you're a scratch player. And I used to be really good. Well, time takes its toll on the body and I'm in really good shape, I think for what I am now and I'm not, but I don't hit the ball as far as I used to. Uh, then the good thing is I went up to the senior tees finally, and I can hit it. I can out hit all the group I play with. So it's still for the moment I'm having fun and, and I, I, I'll put together a good round and shoot 77 or 78, and then I'll blow back to 84. So, you know, I'm just happy to be out there. It's, yeah. the, it's really the fellowship of the game I love. And working on this Peachtree book is this is a club that was built on Bob Jones's love for fellowship of the game. And that's really, for me, the perfect thing. I, I get involved. As you know, you've helped me several times. I get involved with a lot of charity scrambles, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they invite the radio guy out, you know, and do that. But that's really why I do it. I've got a core group of guys that I play with yeah, and, and we play other times too, but on, yeah. on these, on these yeah. tournaments, we play with them. I help um, get uh, prizes and items for their raffles yeah. and, yeah you know, yeah. auctions and this type of thing, yeah. because I love to help raise money for the kids. I know, I know you do. Yeah. And um, that's what I enjoy because we always have a great time. I mean, you can turn in to total crap score and there it doesn't go. matter. Yeah. So Reese Jones and I were up talking about his memoir the other day up at Maidstone, one of the great old courses that goes back to the, and he, we started playing and we played 15 years ago and we got to the last hole and there's a chapter in the range bucket list, my latest book called Good, Good. And we got to the last hole and we were both really pretty good golfers. And I was about a five. He was same thing. He's 10 years older than me. But we got to the last hole. I had a 12 foot putt for birdie. He had a four foot putt for birdie. He looked at me and said, good, good. So we shook hands and called it a draw. So the other day, last last uh, uh, on Monday, we we played uh, Maidstone, same course again. Now it's 15 years later. It was a lot of bogeys. We were on the same. We didn't. We didn't keep score. And our caddy riding on the cart was just so amazed. And he said, he was from Argentina. And he said, "You not keep score? It's amazing to me. You you both love golf. I'm listening to you. It's like listening to something magical because you're both golf. You know everything about golf. You know." And he was really cute. And he said, "But one thing, you're not keeping score." And I said, "Well, you know, uh, his name was uh, uh, his name was a funny name, kind of like Garrett, but it was it was Spanish." And I, and I said, uh, uh, you know, um, Garrett, um, that to me is, this is more fun. This is my friend, Reese. We have a million things. We've traveled together. We know each other's lives and stories. Our wives know each other. And it was just fun being on this magnificent golf course and hitting shots. And I said, well, we're going to play the last hole and for a million dollars like we usually do. So we, we teed it up and we played. The difference was I had a five-foot putt for bogey. Reese had a 12-foot putt for bogey. <laughs> I, turned to, I turned to him and said, good, good. And he said, good, good. So we went, yeah. in, you know, that's you golf. Go. That that's is it. golf. That is golf. And it's, um, it, it's, it's what we do. I'll just put it that way. It's it what, what we do. Yeah. Jim, Jim Dodson. Thank you so much, my friend, for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. I really do like the look there, Pebble Beach and the, and the, the, the Hawaiian church. Sure. Next time I'll try to dress a little better. Uh, yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'll send you a Hawaiian shirt, though. I, okay, good. I uh, for my for my barbecue stuff that I, my cooking stuff, I should say. Yeah. Uh, for television, I found some with old Roy Rogers prints on them, and uh, <laughs> so I wear I wear those. 
That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's all good. Um, folks, you can find Jim's books most anywhere, good bookstores online. Um, but I would, I would, if you haven't read it, I would recommend Final Rounds first and foremost. That's my favorite. I mean, they're all good. I've read all of his books that, uh, like I said, but I would go with uh, Final Rounds, maybe the Dew Sleep Sweepers. By the way, is the Antichrist still going? Yeah, we're oh yeah now we're 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 going to go. I think we're going to go in in April, and we're going to hit Ireland, England, and Scotland. This is my best friend. We've we're, we've known each other for fifty five years, and the bastard. Excuse me, you can't say that on air. Yeah, you can say this because this is only on the internet. The bitch the okay. uh, uh, started beating me after fifty years <laughs> last year. So I'm taking him home to his homeland and we're going to play like 12 courses over two weeks and, and have a match to end it all. So and we're both turning 70 next year. So it works out really well. Well, that's perfect. Jim, thank you so much. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Until then, go out, play some golf, have some fun, stay cool and take care of yourself. See ya.